Chapter 16, I'm going to begin reading at verse 19. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels. Everybody said carried by the angels. Into Abraham's bosom, the rich man also died. Notice how it said that just told you that the rich man also died and was buried. Everybody said praise the Lord. I'd like to try to minister for a little while this morning on K-12. 
carried by the angels. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. <clears throat> An outstanding account is given to us, of course, about Joseph. And Joseph in the Old Testament, as you have no doubt heard or read, that Joseph was a favored son in his father's house. He had a heart that was pure and sought after God from all the teachings that we can draw from it. But of course, he was subject to an awful lot of jealousy and envy and pride, many other negative characteristics that he was surrounded with. In his youthful exuberance, he revealed a dream that God had given to him, matter of fact, two of them, and he did not understand what God was showing him, but it excited him. And the scripture, of course, teaches that he told of his dreams, and that only in his inexperience in telling those dreams, that only intensified the feelings of jealousy in his brothers and great misunderstanding even among his parents. But the Bible, of course, teaches that one day they were out in the field and the jealous, proud brothers decided they were going to kill him. The last minute his life was spared, a little intervention took place, and then they took him and they sold him. They sold him to a band of Ishmaelites that were heading down to Egypt. And Joseph was sold to them. And then they uh, went back and told their father, having taken his robe, his beautiful robe that his father had given to him, and they had dipped it in animal blood and told him that a beast had come. And they just lied. And so always to cover their own backyard, shall we say. So it didn't change the fact of the matter, though, did it, of what they had done. And yet the Scripture teaches that Joseph gets down into Egypt and making it concise for you this morning, he is placed in a position where God begins to show him favor. Now, I'm quite sure it would have been easy to wonder where the favor was on that long, hot journey in chains down into Egypt. But there's just that about Joseph that you don't feel or Scriptures give you no indication that he was a complainer or filled with unbelief. Quite the opposite. But that he was somebody that knew how to stand up under the pressure and to continue to do right in spite of the evil that had been done towards him. And he persevered. He pushed through. And he trusted in God. And of course the Scripture teaches you that as God's favor began to manifest itself. You know the Bible did talk about if you're really praying that, and you do it to God in secret, you're not trying to impress anybody, you know, and what did it say about people that would stand on the street corner and make loud prayers and, and that they would do certain things, all to get attention to themselves. And, of course, that was their reward. That's all they're going to get, you know. And, and that's a pretty shabby reward, let me tell you, because people forget very quickly. And the praise of men is like a bucket with 65 holes in it. It runs out real fast. But 
when you, what you do unto the Lord in secret, then the Bible said that's going to be manifest openly. God's going to show your profiting to all. It won't be a carnal profiting. It will be a spiritual profiting. Now he will establish your life and put much fruit on your tree. So here we have Joseph, and he's now the favor of God is being made manifest, and he is promoted, only to be lied on again. Lies are abounding here. But then the Scripture teaches that he is placed into jail. But once again, the Lord is with him. And whatever there was to do, Joseph became the doer of it. Gives you again a strong insight into he was not a complainer. He did not allow bitterness to get into his heart. That he continued to call on the Lord and feel after the Lord. And the Lord was with him. And you know, that's what we really want. We want the Lord with us. Because he's, a, he's better than anything you could ever have with you. And that doesn't mean that we're not happy about other good things that God puts in our life. But if you have things and you don't have God, then you got a problem. But if you have God, then it doesn't matter whether you have the other things or not. If He adds them to your life, so be it, and be thankful about it. But if He doesn't, don't worry about it. Just be glad that the Lord is with you. And so He was with Joseph and bringing him through the difficult times in the jail cell. But the Scripture, of course, teaches that here we have a, a baker and a butler, and they each have a dream. And they confide in Joseph, and they tell him of their dreams. And Joseph, being a man of God, he was able to give them the correct interpretation. Having done so, and it panned out, people tell you things, you know, thus saith the Lord, and then, you know, it doesn't happen. And you might want to cross their name off the list under prophet, okay? And you might want to stay away from that nonsense. And when you got a whole bunch of people in a congregation and somebody tells you, oh, I believe somebody's got a bad back. Right. I think so. Probably three out of four. You know? So, you know, you don't want silliness. And you do not want nonsense. And this is not a game. And we do not play church. This is for real. You hear me? This is the real thing. Heaven is real. Hell is real. Salvation is real. Our God is very real. And you want what he has. You want him with you. You want him with you. So the scripture teaches that uh, having interpreted the dreams, they came to pass. And the baker was executed for his crimes. But the uh, butler, he was restored to serve the king and bring him his cup again. Just as Joseph had said, because that's how the Lord showed it. And then the scripture teaches that Joseph made one small request after interpreting the dreams. He told, told the butler, knowing that he would live and be restored, he said, remember me when you come before the king. Now that's something that you definitely want the pastor to do. That'd be me. That's what you want God's church to do. You want them to remember you before the king. You want to be remembered. One writer said, oh, Lord, remember me for the good. Well, we've had people come and say, I can't pray. I can't get baptized. I can't get over because I've been so bad. And then we'd ask them, you know, say, well, when you said bad words and did bad things, you believe God saw it? Yes. Well, what about when you did something good and right? Did God see that? Well, 
I guess so. Well, see, that's where you need to get the balance in your life. God sees your heart if you're repenting. God sees your heart if you develop a desire to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ so that all your sins, all your dirt can be completely pardoned and sent away and taken care of and remembered no more. That's why you want to make sure you make a good repentance. You don't go through the motion there. You make a good repentance. You make a solid repentance. You empty out. Well, the Scripture teaches that the, there came a day when the butler remembered his faults. And the reason he remembered them is because God visited Pharaoh, the king, with a dream. And, matter of fact, he gave him more than one dream. And once again, the butler now is reminded because nobody, you know, not just anybody, could come up with the answer here. They needed something real. And they were fudging around and fussing around and conjuring around and mimicking and mocking and making up all kinds of things, trying to impress Pharaoh. And Pharaoh just put them all out and said, you know, you're just a bunch of floor flushers here. You're just playing church. You're just being phony. And he said, I need an answer here. And that's when the butler woke up. God's timing is always right. And the, a little prod, a little poke from the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and the old butler said, oh, I, I just realized I've been having a really bad memory around here. And he said, uh, there's a fellow back in the jailhouse. He said, he's, he's in there. And he actually, he don't belong in there. But, uh, but while he was in there, I had a dream. And so did the baker. And he interpreted the dream. And it came to pass, just like he said. Because the baker was executed, as he said, and, and I was restored to give you your cup again. And he's the one you need to get. And so they sent for Joseph. And they gave him a good shave and a clean set of clothes and, and brought him in before Pharaoh. And uh, he began to tell his dream to Joseph. And Joseph, being a man of God, he said, God is going to give you an answer of peace. Now, that's what God wants to put in your life. He wants to put the peace of His Spirit that passes all understanding. Beyond our comprehension, how much peace God can give to troubled hearts and troubled minds. And give us word that says not to be troubled. Not to be troubled because of things that are contained within His Word. Precious, great, exceeding, precious promises that are contained within His Word to people who mean business, to people who want to get down to business with God, that they don't want to play church. They don't want to be involved in some little nonsensical thing, but they want the true reality of what God is offering. And Pharaoh meant business. He wanted to know what those dreams were. And so Joseph began by the Spirit of the Lord to give to him the interpretation of his dreams. And in so doing, the spirit of prophecy began to work in Joseph, and he began to give Pharaoh the plan. He began to give to him the plan. You know, it's some people, it's so sad, but they will say, God healed me one time, and they'll talk about that for 35 years. and Or God blessed me one day and pulled me out of this situation and took care of my finances, you know, and did this for me and did that for me. And they'll talk about that for 35 years. 
but they never get the plan. You got to get the plan. You must get the plan of salvation. Healing is great, but it doesn't save you. Blessings are great, but they don't save you. Jesus told them and breathed upon them and he blessed them and then he said, go to the upper room and receive the Holy Ghost. Get with the plan. Get with the program. You have to, you have to catch the big picture here. You can't just gloss over the Word of God. You can't just eliminate things in your mind and say, oh, read over it or something. I witnessed to a woman the other day at the tag renewal place. I've been talking to her a lot of times. All of them in there, as a matter of fact. But this one particular lady, she had a big old Bible sitting on her, her desk there. And I asked her, I said, well, did you ever read Acts 2.38 like I told you to? And she said, yes, I did. And she picked up a little Bible. And she said, I think I did. I'm little, 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 little. And I said, what about that big Bible sitting right there? She said, yeah. And she reached over, grabbed it, opened up. Lo and behold, she had it highlighted. And I said, well, there you go. I said, so when are we going to baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ? She said, well, I already have the Holy Spirit. Now, did that make any sense? I am talking about being baptized in water, and she wants to answer me and say, I already have the Holy Spirit. I, those words didn't, hadn't come out of my mouth yet. See, because before it said anything about receiving the Holy Ghost, it said to be baptized in water, in the name of Jesus Christ, and it would be for the full pardon of all of your sins. And I can't tell you how many times she read over that and how many times she ignored that and kept trying to go in a different direction. And it was another lady sitting next to her. I call her 5 o'clock. She's always looking at the clock, waiting for it to be 5 o'clock. And uh, I could see her with that little smile on her face because I kept coming right back to chapter and verse and kept trying to focus her attention on what it said right there. And I am trying to tell you, you've got to get your mind on the plan. The Spirit of God moved through Joseph, and it wasn't just about storing up now because we're going to have plenty. It was not just about you better store up because it's going to be years of famine, but it was about how, what to do with the knowledge, what to do with the What's the plan here? How do we go about this? I want to be saved, but how do I do that? How do I do that? Let's get the plan here. Now, in your Bible, nowhere in your Bible is the plan described as taking Jesus as your personal Savior. Those words are not in there. There is no chapter and verse for that. That was not given as instructions to lost people. But repent and be baptized, every one of you. Nobody being left out in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you nobody being left out you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and he said for the promise of that is unto you and to your children and to all them that are far off even as many as the Lord our God shall call now that is a plan let's give God a big hand Now, God's plan included, you miss it, God's plan included for Joseph's death. It included for that day when after his mom and dad and brethren all came to Egypt and he took care of them and he assured them and he quieted them down. Once again, nobody's against you. The God of plan, the plan of God is not against you. The plan of God is for you. And if God be for you, whoo! can be against you 
Come on, you may fight a praying man, but you ain't going to whip him. You hear me? You're not going to win the battle. So you might as well tell yourself, I'm not going to fight against God. I want to be on the side that's fighting for God. I want to get behind the plan. I want to get behind the program. So, his brethren come down and they're scared to death. They're shaking in their boots. They knew what they did to him. But Joseph, of course, let them know you're just a little something and he's a big something. And he had a big plan. He sent me down here ahead of you to provide for you, to work things out, have a little faith. And so, of course, as time went on and Joseph came old in his age and it was time to go, he he left instructions, and he said, don't leave my bones in Egypt. You carry me on out of here. Do not leave my bones in Egypt. God is surely going to, still given the plan, God is surely going to visit you, and he's going to take you to that land of promise. And when you go, you don't leave me behind. Help a brother. You get me out of here. You carry my bones out of here. And so they did, the Scripture teaches. This account that we have in the New Testament. You watch God's plan. Everything in the Old Testament is a preview. It's a shadow and it's a type. And, it's, and Jesus, when he came in the flesh, he came to fulfill. He did not come to destroy things. He came to fulfill things. He came to show that the Word of God of the Old Testament was trying to give you a heads up and a preview of what was going to take place in the New Covenant, in the New Testament, the time in which we live. He wanted you to understand something here, that he's bringing the plan of salvation, that he's bringing to your heart, to this country, to this world, to every race, every nation, every language, every dialect, and he would bring the plan of salvation, and that it would be for whosoever will. Once again, nobody excluded. He's trying to include everybody. He wants to wrap his everlasting arms around you. And so, in his teaching, Jesus taught about this person that was rich in the world. You know, it doesn't always have to mean so much dollars and cents, bank account, but you can be rich in the world, worldly ideas, worldly ways. Uh, you can be very knowledgeable and very involved with all of those things and very influenced by all of those things. And you can take all of their advice and you can listen to all their words and their teachings and their ideas and you can fill your life with that. This individual was described as somebody who had the good things, all the good things, all the time. And the time had come now, and he had despised the church. And that's why it's shown in two great uh, extremes here. You've got a very rich person who fares sumptuously every day and, and is involved with the so-called status quo's good things every day. And then you've got the church pictured. You've got an individual in the church, if you like it that way, pictured as somebody who is beggarly, somebody who is in the eyes of the world has nothing, nothing of any value, not meeting their criteria for what is called success, okay? And so it's looked down on. 
and how many people will mock and make fun of the things of God, turn their nose up at it, whether they mean it intentionally in a great snub or whether they're just always going in a different direction than the church. And the Bible said very plainly that this rich man, he died. He just died and he was buried. But when it described Lazarus, it said that when he died, the angels came and carried him. They carried him away. You want to be carried away with the right thing. The Bible tells you in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 to not be carried away with the dumb idols, with things that cannot speak and cannot feel and cannot bring to you salvation or any good thing that God has in store and in coming to that making that statement then the spirit led the writer right into the gifts of the spirit the things that the spirit does the things that are in, contained within the spiritual realm the things that are within the body of Christ the church all the good things that that Joseph said, you don't leave me behind because all the good is out in front of you and God's got a great big overall plan here and I want to make sure that I stay a part of that plan. I'm leaving you express directions here, that commandment here. You are to take me and carry me with this program. And so it was that this individual is depicted as one that is carried away by the angels. You don't want to get carried away with idolatry and dumb idols and things that cannot help you and bowing down to those things all the time, giving yourself to the Bible said in Hebrews 13 and 9 to be not carried away with strange doctrines. You want to get the book, the whole book and nothing but the book. You want the plan that Jesus brought. You want his plan. The only thing going to get you out of here going in the right direction. When you get baptized in Jesus' name and you get filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and you're placed in the body of Christ, known as the church, universal, then you want to understand something. And that is this, that if you will work with the church, if you will work with the leadership, if you will resist every strange thing that is going to come and present itself and try to get you to go in the wrong directions and do the wrong things and get involved and get all carried away with the wrong things. He instructed people that had been baptized in Jesus' name and were filled with the Holy Ghost. And he said that we no more henceforth from now on, that we will not be carried away with strange doctrines that we would be established, that he would put our feet on the rock that he led us to that's higher than we are, and that he would establish our goings, that he would balance and center us and cause us not to go right, nor to go left, nor to back up, but that we would be ever going forward, that we would press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling that's in the church. Do you hear me? You've got to get the plan here, and you've got to work with the plan so that you can, in the final analysis, be in the first resurrection, and you'll get carried away, you'll get caught up with the angels and the power of the Almighty God. Let's get carried away with the right thing. Boy, I could preach right now. I could name a whole bunch of things that people get carried away with. 
you want to get carried away with the angels. You want to have that, that right moment at that moment. You don't want it to be a bad thing and going down, rich man lifting up his eyes and hell being in torment. No more living sumptuously. No, all the things that it is saying, Revelation, they've departed from thee. Oh, no, you want to get something that nobody can take from you. You want the Lord's Spirit to be with you. You want to be in this and be carried along by this. And you've got good doctrine. You've got right teaching. You've got the things that are balanced and solid and that will make you first resurrection ready and you want to be ready everybody said praise the Lord you can remain standing kind of run out of time here I run out of preach just run out of time and what did one writer say time would fail me to tell oh brother I'm glad to be in the church you've heard that they do that little poster all the time you know in the footsteps and two of them and then there's only one set of footsteps and and uh, what happened? And the Lord said, well, those are the times I carried you. Well, that's who you want to be carried by. You know, you want to get around people that are going to carry you to the church. You ever read about that guy that was lame? He couldn't do anything. He was just lame, you know. He couldn't do anything. But they put him on a stretcher, and four good, solid men bore him up and carried him. And thank God they were persevering men. They were men that cared. They were men that will get you to Jesus Christ. And when they got there and couldn't get in the door and couldn't get in the window, they said, that's not going to stop us. We're going to get this man, this woman. We're going to get him to Jesus Christ. And they got up on the rooftop. They broke up the roof, and they let him down at the feet of Jesus. We can get you there. We got the plan. If you're just pay attention to what we're telling you and get obedient to it and fight off every spirit that would distract you and that would pull you away and that would blind your eyes lest at any time you'd see the truth of this gospel oh my friend you want to get carried out of Egypt you want to get in the church the promised land you want to go to heaven you want to be in that first resurrection I know you do sure you do if you got any kind of a right mind working this morning, that's what you want. But you cannot live the way you want to live and do the things that the devil wants you to do and the flesh wants to do and make it. You hear me? You will not make it. You got to get with the plan. And Jesus has got the plan. And he's given it to the church that he birthed in Acts chapter 2. And that church has persevered for almost 2,000 years now, and it will keep on and until that first resurrection takes place. And that's the one that John said, I saw them, and they had gotten the victory. They got the victory over the beast and over his image and over his mark and over the number of his name. This is the first resurrection, and blessed and holy is he that hath part. We're going to get caught up. We're going to get carried out of here. And we're going with good, faithful, Holy Ghost, power, and glory. And I want you to be a part of that. So you need to repent, and we will baptize you in Jesus' name. And God will give you the gift of the Holy Ghost. Let's lift our hearts with our hands. Come on now. Mm, yeah. This altar's open. I'm Men on this side. I'm Girls and women on this side. Mercy, Come in tight. Jesus. Make room. He's calling. Come on. He said his grace would cover me. His blood Come will on now. flow freely. You don't have to be lost. He made a way for you to be saved. Healing. Got a plan. To the mercy seat. Let's carry let's get carried by the I'm one that has the plan. The Come on now. I'm running. Oh, I'm come running. On now. 
I'm running to the mercy seat where Jesus, he's calling. He said his grace would cover me. His blood will flow freely. It will provide a healing. I'm running to the mercy seat. Oh, we're praying for you now. We're here for you. I'm running to the mercy. Jesus' name. You're the Savior. I'm running. I'm running. I'm running to the mercy seat where Jesus, he's calling. He said his grace would cover me. His blood will flow.